Is there a pope in Rome today? What's his name? Francis, Pope Francis. The popes of the past said that if you live by the title Vicar of Christ, you're saying that you're God on earth. Is there anyone in this room who has ever heard the Pope of Rome today referred to as the Vicar of Christ? Someone said no. I saw one hand go up. We need to share news articles, beloved. We got we to come together. Amen? Do you suppose it's important to ask today what is Rome's stance on that title? If Rome has changed her stance on that title, then can we blame her for what popes before have said? Talk to me, beloved. Would you blame me for what my father said if I didn't believe what my father said? If my father and I live entirely differently, let's say my father said that his name was Bob, and that wasn't his name, that's not my father's name at all. Let's say my father said his name was Bob, and every son he had after that said that their name was Bob. Are they all participating in the exact same lie? What if by the time it gets to me, I say my name is no longer Bob, my name is Paul? Is, is that the truth? Then can you apply to me the guilt of my father before? In order for me to be guilty, follow, follow the thought, in order for me to be guilty, I would have to be in the exact same line of thought as those that came before me. So my question is tonight, all of the popes before said that they were God on earth. Has Pope Francis agreed to the same? Does Pope Francis tonight claim to be the vicar of the Son of God, which would make him God on earth? Is that a good question? On our screen, we have an article from the Catholic Herald, which was a trusted, uh, it says it has been giving spirited thinking since 1888. Catholic Herald. It's an, this is a Roman Catholic source, beloved. And the question in the article, written on April 3rd, 2020, that was many years ago, wasn't it? The question on the screen is, did Pope Francis really drop the Vicar of Christ title? Is that a question you want to know the answer to? Continuing the article, from the moment he was introduced to the world after his election, Pope Francis has emphasized his identity as the Bishop of Rome. What has he identified his identity, uh, his identity as? Write those words down. Pope Francis identifies himself as the Bishop of Rome. Very important. Following on. The 2020 Annuario Pontificio, the official Vatican yearbook, has made the same emphasis typographically by listing other descriptions of the papal office as historic titles. What type of titles? Allow me to break that down just a little bit. Pope Francis says... You can call me the Bishop of Rome. That's what he says. That's what we saw, right? But all of the other titles, Rome says, are merely historic. What are those titles? Pontificus Maximus? Vicar of Christ? Is Vicar of Christ one of those titles? Follow on. It says that all of those are historic titles. Like the 2019 edition, there is a page that says simply, Francis, Bishop of Rome. But unlike last year's edition, the new yearbook does not precede the biography of Jorge Mario Bergoglio with the titles Vicar of Jesus Christ. Now that's interesting. Follow on, beloved. Don't miss the point. Successor of the Prince of the Apostles, Supreme Pontiff of the Universal Church, Primate of Italy, 
Archbishop and Metropolitan of the Province of Rome, Sovereign of Vatican City State, Servant of the Servants of God. Matteo Bruni, Director of the Vatican Press Office. Is this someone that we can trust to speak for the Vatican Press? Matteo Bruni, beloved, the Director of the Vatican Press Office, told Catholic News that unlike in 2006, when Pope Benedict XVI had the title Patriarch of the West removed from the list, this time with Pope Francis, there has been no suppression of a title. While Pope Benedict XVI, which was the Pope just before Pope Francis, amen? While he removed the title Patriarch of the West, the Vatican Press Director says that there has been no suppression of a title by Pope Francis. The fact that he identifies himself as the Bishop of Rome is not him uh, disregarding the fact that he thinks himself the Vicar of Jesus Christ. In fact, I'll let him finish. He says the definition of historic in relation to the titles attributed to the Pope on one of the pages dedicated to him in the Annuario Pontificio of 2020, seems to me to indicate the bond with the history of the papacy. All of the other titles. How many of the other titles? How many of the other titles? Does that include Vicar of Christ? Does that include Pontificus uh, Maximus? All of the other titles are understood to be tied historically to the title of? I don't know if you know what you just read. We asked the question, and the article is answering the question, has Pope Francis relinquished the title of Vicar of Christ? Because with that title comes the assumed presumption that Rome's popes are God on earth. It is a blasphemous title, isn't that right? Now the article tells you that Pope Francis identifies himself simply as the Bishop of Rome. You will never hear Pope Francis calling himself the Vicar of Christ in that saying. He calls himself the Bishop of Rome. But the director of the Vatican Press wants you to understand tonight not Brother Paul, but the director of the Vatican Press wants you to understand tonight that in the very title of the Bishop of Rome is the understanding that all of the other titles are there. Because at the moment he is designated by the conclave to guide the Church of Rome, the one elected acquires the titles that are tied to this nomination. In other words, beloved, according to the Vatican, the man who calls himself the Bishop of Rome is also still today in 2021, guess what? The Vicar of Christ. Now, is that a title that any man should hold to? The Vicar of Christ, beloved? On our screen, the Bible speaks of a very specific number that is attributed to a man. The number is six, six, and finish it for me, six. Did you know that with that title, Vicarious Philidae, Vicar of the Son of God, Vicar of Christ, in that very name are the Roman Latin numerals that equate to guess what number? It says Vicarious Philidae or Vicar of the Son of God is a formal Latin title of the leading man or pope of the papal system. 
certain letters of the Latin alphabet had numerical value, and it is significant that the numerical equivalent of the above title, Victor of the Son of God, is six, six, and six. Now the Bible told you that that number was the number of a man, did it not? The Apostle Paul is now tying it into us for us to see that the man who has that number, the man who has that title, is the man of sin who sits in the place of God showing himself that he is God. Now I've shown you, beloved, from Protestants. We've talked a little bit from what the papacy has to say. Do the popes believe that they are God on earth? Is that what the title Vicar of Christ means? Has the title Vicar of Christ been swept under the rug somewhere? Is it still believed today? Then is there still a man on this earth in our generation in 2021 who is gaining influence as we speak, who believes himself to be the vicar of the Son of God? Beloved, I told you we're at war. Not against people. Is Pope Francis a man? You know, people get uncomfortable when I start talking about this, Sister Ashley. Talk to me. Is Pope Francis a man? Did Jesus die for the man? Can Jesus save the system? Can Jesus save the men that will come out? Beloved, I would sooner, if, let me tell you something. The question used to be asked, Brother Paul, what would you do if you were preaching this very message and Pope Francis walked into the room while you were preaching it? Is that a good question? You want to know what Brother Paul would do? Well, before I preach, I'd pray. Amen? I'd say a word of prayer. And as I continue to preach the message, I would make sure that the man Pope Francis understands that I have no antagonistic motives towards the man. None whatsoever, beloved. But there is a system which he represents that he himself, you may call yourself Holy Father, I'll never do it. There is a Father in heaven that died for men even like that. I would sooner put a great controversy in that man's hand I would sooner open up to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and read about the man of sin to the man of sin himself, beloved, than I would stand at this pulpit and condemn the man. Understand that when we're dealing with Bible prophecy, God is not interested in condemnation. He is interested in education so that he can save our souls. Does God care about that man? Beloved, God cares about Pope Francis. I want you to go back and study for yourselves. Google. You like Google, amen? Google what the word Jesuit means. I'm not going to talk about it from this pulpit. I want you to understand, before Pope Francis, you understand Pope Francis is not just any pope. Before Pope Francis, there was no publicly declared Jesuit pope to ever take the title of vicar of the Son of God. It was a historic landmark in history and in prophecy. I want you to go and study for yourselves who are the Jesuits and what exactly is it that Pope Francis represents. And beloved, when you study that thing, you'll see for yourselves that Pope Francis understands that in this generation we are, guess what, at war. Pope Francis understands that the papacy, its primary desire is not only to end Protestantism, but to unite all of Christianity under one head, the Pope of Rome. Two nights ago, I told you that Satan has been trying for years to bring about what uh, historians and what politicians have been calling a new world order. I asked you if you knew what that was. 
Beloved, the Bible speaks of this man. 2021, the same leopard system, it's the same spots. The Bible refers to him as the man of sin, Antichrist, speaking of the system. The Bible speaks of it as the little horn, the great whore of Revelation 17, the king of the north of Daniel chapter 11, the first beast of Revelation chapter 13, verses 1 through 11. The question still remains. You may know who the beast is tonight. You may know who the Antichrist power is. Do you think you know now? The question still remains, beloved, what is the mark of the beast? Is it a good thing to know who the beast is? Is it enough? What is the mark of the beast? Now put it together with me. We saw in Bible prophecy that a beast is symbolic of a? So when we're talking about the mark of the beast, we're talking about the mark of a? Amen. We saw from Protestant leaders, and now we have seen from the mouth of the Roman Catholic Church itself that the beast in question is none other than the papacy. Give me another word for that. They went for the easiest one. Roman Catholic Church, right? The question, what is the mark of the beast, can also be termed, what is the mark of the Roman Catholic authority? Is that a good, is that a good uh, depiction right there? If the beast is the papacy, then what is the mark of the papacy? Are you ready to see it? You're not ready to see it? Beloved, we've got five minutes. You know what I'm going to say? We're going to take a brisk walk. I want you to see for yourselves, not from the mouth of an Adventist minister, not from the mouth of, 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 of those who think like me, I want you to see from every other denomination, what is the mark of the beast? Are you ready to see that? You're going to be very surprised, beloved. There's a crisis ahead. In the book of Daniel chapter 7 and verse 25, the Bible said, speaking of the papacy, that it would think to change times and laws. It would think to change what? Times and laws. Now, interestingly enough, out of all of the Ten Commandments, did you know there's only one out of all of those that is both a time and a law? Which commandment is that? The fourth commandment, concerning the worship of God on the seventh day or the Sabbath day. Revelation chapter 13, turn there with me. I want you to see this before I give you the answer. Revelation chapter 13, we've got four minutes, beloved. Revelation chapter 13, are we there? The Bible says in verse 4, speaking of the beast, and they, what does it say? Worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Jump down to verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall do what? Worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Jump down to verse 12. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to do what? What is this issue about the mark of the beast about? Beloved, I'm, 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 listen, repetition deepens the impression. The reason why I'm skipping verses and I want you to see is because I want you to see that all throughout the prophecy, Jesus has been warning us that the issue is worship, worship, worship. Worship. Did you read the word vaccine even one time? Beloved, I'm not trying to jump on you. 
I just want us to study in the context of what Jesus is saying rather than going out based on our own opinions. Jesus says that the mark of the beast centers in what? Worship. The Bible told us in Daniel chapter 7 and verse 25 that before the coming of the Lord, there would be a power, the papacy, that would think to change times and laws. What is the mark of the beast? And how did the Sunday Sabbath originate? Do you want to hear what the Baptists have said? Beloved, I like the Baptists. Do you want to hear what they said? All right, beloved, we have to, we have to listen to our brethren. Dr. Edward T. Hiscox, author of the Baptist Manual, said these words. There was and is a commandment to keep holy the Sabbath day. But that Sabbath day was not Sunday. It will be said, however, and with some show of triumph, that the Sabbath was transferred from the seventh to the first day of the week. Are there many who believe that today? Yes. Where, this is a, this is a Baptist speaking, beloved, where can the record of such a transaction be found? Not in the New Testament. Absolutely not. There is no scriptural evidence of the change of the Sabbath institution from the seventh day to the first day of the week. But of course, I quite well know that Sunday did come in, uh, did come into use in the early Christian history as a religious day, as we learn from the Christian fathers and other sources. But what a pity, beloved, that Sunday comes branded with the mark of paganism. Interesting words, follow on. The mark of paganism and christened with the, with the name of the sun god when adopted and sanctioned by the papal apostasy and bequeathed as a sacred legacy to Protestantism. The leaders of the Baptists have said that there is not a scripture you can point to this evening, 2021, October 15th, that would tell you that God changed the solemnity from the seventh day Sabbath to something called the first day Sabbath. That's what they said. He said that it came with the mark of paganism and that it came by the papal apostasy, otherwise known as the Roman Catholic Church. What about the churches of Christ, all otherwise known as the disciples of Christ? They say in the first day observance, pages 17 and 19, the first day of the week is commonly called what? Sabbath. They said this is a mistake. Now what's interesting is while these denominations will acknowledge that this is a mistake, do you know they continue in the same mistake? Follow on, beloved. They said this is a mistake. The Sabbath of the Bible was the day just preceding the first day of the week. The first day of the week is never called the Sabbath anywhere in the entire scripture. It is also an error to talk about the change of the Sabbath. There is not in any place in the Bible any intimation of such a change. Now, here on the screen, I have written down for you, and they're also in the study notes for tonight, the only eight places in all of the New Testament where the first day, Sunday, is referred to. Do you know that of all these eight texts, not one of them mentions a change from the seventh day to the first day of the week being Sabbath? So the question is, the majority of the Christian world today keeps Sunday, isn't that right? Where did we get that from? Where did we get that from? Do you know that if a man preaches from the pulpit today that we should be killing our neighbors, Sunday ministers will stand up and say that that is sin. Did you know that? 
If a man stands up from any pulpit today and preaches that it is okay for a man to be an adulterer and for a man to, 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 to steal and rob from his neighbor, a Sunday minister can stand up today and will say on the authority of the word of God, that is sin. But when it comes to the one commandment that God chose to begin with the word remember, it's the only one we choose to forget. When it comes to the fourth commandment, speaking about the remembrance of the seventh day Sabbath, somebody says, Brother Paul, why does it matter which day we worship God? A man should worship, day, uh, a man should worship God seven days a week. Do you agree with that? Amen. In the same way, a man should love his wife, guess how many days a week? Do you know that even if a man loves his wife seven days a week, praise God, even if a man loves his wife seven days a week, do you know there's something called an anniversary? And should that man miss the anniversary or treat that anniversary as though it were any other day in the week, wives, tell me what will happen. Make it plain, beloved. The Sabbath day is a special time carved out by God. God is bigger than time, but he chose to create a time that he could spend with you and I because he desires a close, intimate, personal relationship with his creatures. Beloved, a man can do away with the Sabbath in the same way he can do away with his anniversary. Wives, tell them they're in trouble. Amen? Amen? Amen. The churches of Christ say the comm to command men to observe the Lord's Day, which they call Sunday, is actually contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, on our screen, we have representatives of the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, this man was very famous, beloved, very famous. That's Pope John Paul II. The current Pope, Pope Francis. I believe this is Pope uh, Benedict XVI, but he's hiding behind the sun, so I can't tell. All of these emblems represent the sun. Can you see it? Where did this idea of Sunday and sun worship come from? If it isn't the Bible Sabbath, and Jesus didn't ask for the change, then why as Christians are so many giving God this day of worship? Why have so many who claim love with Jesus giving him an anniversary that he never ordained? Are we following the thought? The Roman Catholic Church, these will be the last to speak. D.B. Ray in the Papal Controversy, 1892, said these words, From this same Catholic Church, you have accepted your Sunday. And that Sunday as the Lord's day. She has handed down a tradition and the entire Protestant world has accepted it as a tradition. For you have not an iota of scripture to establish it. Therefore, that which you have accepted as your rule of faith, inadequate of course as it is, as well as your Sunday, you have accepted on the authority, not of the Bible, beloved, but on the authority of the Roman Catholic Church. Question box by Conway, 1903, Roman Catholic. He says, if the Bible is the only guide for the Christian, then the Seventh-day Adventist is right in observing the Saturday with the Jew. But Catholics learn what to believe and do from the divine infallible authority established by Jesus Christ, not his word, but the Catholic Church. Is it not strange that those who make the Bible their only teacher should inconsistently follow in this matter the traditions of the Roman Catholic Church?
Beloved, Rome speaks very plainly. Do you understand that if we were to study history, Rome isn't trying to hide anything. They're very, very bold in what they say. On our screen, we have a man by the name of Cardinal Gibbons. James Cardinal Gibbons wrote Catholic Mirror, December 23rd, 1983, and he said, reason and sense demand. The acceptance of the one or the other of these alternatives. Either Protestantism, say that word with me, either Protestantism and the keeping holy of, did you know that true Protestantism and the keeping holy of the seventh-day Sabbath actually go together? Rome understands that. Believe me, beloved, they understand that. For 1,260 years, from 538 A.D. until 1798 A.D., papal Rome persecuted everyone who called themselves a Protestant. So if there is anyone on earth other than Protestants themselves who know what Protestantism looks like, it's the papacy. And the papacy says that Protestantism and the keeping holy of the seventh day Saturday go together. Either Protestantism in that day or Catholicity and the keeping holy of Sunday. But compromise is impossible. According to Rome, it is impossible for you to call yourself a Protestant and have the day that they ordained. It is impossible for you to call yourself a Catholic and keep the Sabbath. It's one or the other. One last quotation. Are you ready for it? You're quiet, so I'm guessing you're not. Are we ready for it? We've seen from the Bible that the beast is, in fact, the papacy, the Roman Catholic Church. We've, we've been very careful, beloved, to make it known that we're not dealing with people. We're dealing with a system. That means not one of us can leave this room and say we understood the message and attack a Roman Catholic. You know that, right? That is not, the, that is not what God has called us to. The Bible says, come out of her, my people. God has people in every denomination under the world. Our only question this evening is, what is the truth? Let me tell you something, beloved. I will follow Jesus. I will follow the truth regardless of what men say. A man can stand next to me and call himself a Seventh-day Adventist. That's the denomination to which I belong. He can call himself a Seventh-day Adventist, but if that man is not living up to the truth, then guess who I follow? Jesus. A man can stand next to me and claim anything in the world if it is not upon the truth. If it is not upon the word of God, I want nothing to do with it. What is the truth? Is that the desire of your hearts? So our last question was, what is the mark of the papacy? Are you ready? In the Catholic record, London, Ontario, September 1st, 1923, the Roman Catholic said, Sunday is our mark of authority. The church is above the Bible. And this transference of Sabbath observance is proof of that fact. I want to make something very clear. We allowed the beast to speak this evening, amen? Did we allow the Roman Catholic Church to speak for itself? Did we hear some very startling things? Men claiming to be God, even in 2021. Now they say that Sunday is the mark of our authority. Let me make something very clear, beloved, because we didn't cover everything we should have covered tonight. While Sunday observance is the mark 
of Roman Catholic authority, do you know that no one in this room who's keeping Sunday tonight can say they have the mark of the beast yet? You ask me why, Brother Paul. If Sunday is the mark of the papacy, then it makes sense that Sunday must be the mark of the beast. Amen? Amen? The Bible says in Revelation chapter 13, after verse 11, that there was another beast that came up out of the earth. Now, I don't have the time to go through it with you, but your study notes do have the information. That second beast represents the United States of America. And the Bible says in Revelation chapter 13 that the mark of the beast is something that is forced upon the people by the United States of America. Beloved, how do nations speak? How do nations cause anything to happen? Isn't it by legislation? Isn't it by law? So then while Sunday is the mark of papal authority, the Bible says that it is not until in our generation Sunday worship is enforced by law that anyone can say they have the mark of the beast. Now someone says, Brother Paul, what you're saying doesn't make any sense. Congress shall make no law establishing any religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. We live in a land of freedom. Is that correct? Congress would never make a law mandating worship. Beloved, I'm being very uh, careful with my words up here because I want us to understand that something has changed in America. If you do the research, YouTube, Google, whatever it is that you use, you will see that all in the United States, all throughout the world, through the influence of the current Pope, Pope Francis, there is a move going on right now for Sunday observance worldwide to fix climate change. Beloved, these are not cunningly devised fables. These are not things that I expect you to just believe because I say it. Take whatever I've said, consider it. Do what? And take it back, guess where? To your Bible. Beloved, were we blessed? Did we learn things that we've probably never known before? Did we review things that we've probably seen before? Beloved, Jesus is interested in preparing a people to stand true to him in the hour that we live. There are Christians right now who you and I both know who have no idea what we just talked about. Who do you think God wants to send to give the warning? You, you said Brother Paul? Who did you say? We're all in this together, amen? Amen. God is preparing all of us, beloved, and I believe that we can trust him to make us ready. What do you say? Is there anyone in the world right now who has the mark of the beast? Make it plain to me. It is not until Sunday becomes an issue of what? Law. Revelation chapter 13, verses 11 through the end. Study it from your Bible, beloved, and the Lord will make it plain. We're going to pause for a word of prayer, amen? Father and our God who art in heaven, Lord, if there is nothing else that I know, it is that I want Jesus. Father, whatever is good for him, it's good for me. I want Jesus and all that comes with him. Lord, I, I, it, we, we, we've studied tonight from historic sources. Protestants, Roman Catholics, 
And we have come to the conclusion based upon your word, dear God, that there is a kingdom on this earth who would set themselves in your place, dear God, calling themselves God. Lord, I want to take my stand on the side of truth. I want to take my stand on the side of my creator, Jesus Christ. Father, there is not a soul in this room who wants the mark of the beast. And if that remains true, I pray that we raise our hands even as my head is bowed. Father, there is not a soul in this room who wants the mark of the beast. Teach us how we can have a close, intimate, personal relationship with the creator, Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath. Lord, I pray that you will prepare us. Go with us and keep us safe. Prepare our families, Lord. We love them and we want them to know. Teach us how. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.